Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. As always, I have my trusted co-host, Connor, with me today. How are you doing, man? Doing great. Doing great. Just uh, excited for everything going on. Doing awesome. World's kind of getting back to normal a little bit for a lot of us. Just really excited, man. This is going to come out a little late. We usually like to hit it once. We can twice a week. But the last two weeks have been beyond swamped for us. I've basically lived in my office. All good things though. It's like, uh, you know, we were working through COVID-19. I was here at the office every day and, uh, you know, we took the time to really use that time to make good connections and start setting stuff up. So as things have started to open up, it's just, we've been swamped and we have so many deals coming in. It's it's great, but it's about prioritizing now and, and really focusing up. So, yeah, it's it's been crazy, but a lot of great, exciting stuff going on. I hope all everybody listening to this, I hope you guys got stuff moving and you spent the, your COVID-19 time wisely as opposed to watching Netflix the whole time. But we got a great topic today for you guys because it's a topic that has a lot of confusion and is a lot of important information here that I hope helps you guys on because small towns play a pivotal role in self-storage because of the amount of self-storage facilities scattered across the United States. But more importantly, it also prevents a great opportunity for people to get into self-storage. Now, the reason though we're talking about it is because at the same time, small towns can be the most risky thing you can invest in. And we have our playbook that, you know, we walk through, but I want to make sure that we we really spend some time on this topic because you need to understand it. As a lot of you know, my first facilities were in small towns and uh, um, that's where I got my start. And as you should know, my first facility, we lost money when we sold it. So um, this is the reason we want to talk about this. Um, You know... I'm going to just get to the point. I'm just going to start talking outline numbers, hitting it, points. It, it's, it, it, it's really important. The small towns can have a deteriorating effect on wealth. Um, the reason being is you are completely, you are completely dependent on the three mile radius um, for your supply and demand. And so many small towns in the United States are shrinking economically. They're not growing. They're shrinking in population. Well, if you shrink in population, vacancies obviously rise. And the more the population shrinks, the less demand there are for all other kind of economic activities. Therefore, prices have to lower. Um, and so you have a deteriorating effect on the fundamentals of your self-storage 
um, versus the opposite. Now, that doesn't mean you just need to go straight to a boom town like Austin, Texas or Nashville or something like that. That's that's not what that means. In fact, too, there's there's some definite cons to that that we have to understand. And am I a pro of small towns? I'm a pro of good investments. And so let me talk, well, we're going to talk about the the pros and cons here. The pros are that when, I had a guy that um, I spent a lot of time with when I was looking at investments and right when we were kind of starting up. And he reminded me, he goes, AG, when you go into these small towns, you have to remember, um, you're probably the only buyer. And that can be a good thing because you're buying deals at really high cap rates that have been run really bad. And so cash flow is generally really good. Now, if the city, though, is shrinking over the long term, five years later, you may be worse off than when you started. So instead of your asset growing, it's shrinking. Uh, But the other good thing about small towns is the competition is generally not good and it is overlooked by most players. So to give you an example, I still do have a facility in one um, fairly small town in Oregon and we are the only facility in this town. How many people do they have in it? What is it? 15,000, 20,000 people? Uh, let me look it up. Yeah, look that up because I, it'd be interesting to know. We are the only person in this said town that even markets online. So if you look for a storage facility in this town, I'm the only one that pops up. Now, those are good things, right? I can compete better. I get better pricing. I have higher cash flow. 16,000. 16,000. There we go. So all those things can be good. It's, it's cheap, right? Dirt's cheap. You can build cheaper. So your, your capital to revenue is more attractive, which then um, obviously bolsters your profit margins. And it means you have to put less debt. And so the cost of the capital is less. So there, you know, on an investment side, you're looking at this. And for someone starting out, that's a lot of times one of the only ways they can do it unless they're funding. Because in larger cities, the the price ranges just may be too high for them. They don't have enough capital to get started in it. Um, now, those are the good things right? Um, it can provide a great opportunity for someone starting in self-storage where they say, listen, I, I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars or more or less millions, right? I got to get started somehow, but nobody wants to give me money because I have no experience. So I need to get experience before people give me money. It's the chicken and egg thing is mm-hmm. how they feel. Right. And so that can offer a, a, an opportunity. Now, the dangers and the risks and why those opportunities even exist. (laughs) So there's a reason there's no competition there, right? There's a reason why you can buy them at cheap prices because nobody's buying them. So you have to remember that if you have an exit strategy, right? It's not one of those things where you say, oh, I'm going to buy it at a high cap rate and sell it at a really low cap rate. That would be a fool's game. Because why would somebody else come pay it at a lower cap rate when the seller before you, you know, couldn't? Now, obviously, there's exceptions. Of course, maybe you sell it at a lower cap rate. You have something. But in general, the economics are creating those price points. 
And unless the city is growing, right? Yep. The economics will remain the same. So the bad things with the shrinking, and also uh, um, the bad things on uh, the risk on small towns is that you can't exit. You're stuck with it. That the population may be shrinking. You can't really go anywhere with it. But another thing about um, small towns is they are very easily oversupplied. It takes one facility to open up doors, and all of a sudden there's too much supply. In fact, the city that we're talking about, we had this happen. One facility opened up, and we had been basically, you know, above 94% occupied forever. One facility opened up. It was not even big in the entire city. And we dropped below 90% and stayed there for two years where we couldn't, we, we couldn't get it back up because demand had been, been cut. So if someone goes into a small town because it's cheap and builds a really big facility, that market could literally be destroyed for years. So you have to understand those. Now, with that said, generally speaking, from towns that I've seen, small towns, people aren't running in to build. So it, it's not, it doesn't happen very often, obviously. Um, but how you get into small towns and how you do it safely, that's the question, right? So we are understanding the economics that drive prices and drive self-storage, population, turnover, you know, all these things, um, growth, just economic growth in general. Um, but you, oh, excuse me, I need to go back one more to the pro and con. One of the cons can be is a limited employer basis, right? You see this in a mining town, a lumber town. You know, we live in the Rocky Mountains. We, we have these cities that are completely dependent on the mine. And then the mine shuts down. There's nothing left at the city. So you have to remember that your tenants, right, you need to be able to replace tenants if they leave. And in small towns, that can be hard. So how you do this safely? Let's obviously talk about a cure to some of these problems. First of all, we look at a diversified employer base. This is really important. Then second of all, look at trends. So some small towns are growing. They have some steady, they have, you know, 35,000 people in them. And, you know, 10 years ago, they had 25,000, you know, whatever that may look like. So when you look at a small town, you need to see a diversified employer base that isn't anchored around one person, that if they lay everybody off, your facility is, you know, 30% vacant, and it's never going to be filled up because the main employer is gone. And then it's going to sit there like that for 10 years and be worth nothing, and you, there's no one to buy it. That's the worst situation. That's it. So what you're looking for is that diversified employee base. You also look for movement as far as people moving in and out. Movement's good for self-storage. Then two, in general, look for cities that are growing. They don't have to be booming, but I'm looking for long-term growth rates. I want to go down and I want to talk to the mayor in the small cities, which you can in small cities, go down and say, listen, tell me about your city. I'm, in a, I want, I'm looking at investing dollars into your town. Give me your spill. You know, I want to see, and I don't want to be, I don't want the mayor to say, you know what, this is the town that people get away from the hustle and bustle. We don't like change. And you can come here and you can guarantee this town is the same as it was 30 years ago. Right. And we like it that way. I've talked to mayors like that. And you say, fantastic. I'll move on. <laughs> See <right>? you later. <laughs> See you later. And then what happens in those cities is then the kids grow up and they all move away. Right? I am one of those families. Right? I grew up in a small town in Idaho. 
and we moved away. And it was, you know, I didn't really grow up. I grew up in Boise. My parents were in a small town. They wanted to stay, and that's where I was born, and 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 they wanted to be my family. They wanted to stay, but it just wasn't plausible, so they had to leave. Those are things you need to look at and avoid. Look at the age, you know, the population there. You know, is it just people retiring, and then when they're all gone, who's coming in, and why are they moving there? So, You need to really look at the demographics and economics of that area way more than you need, obviously, a city that's growing and may be big. You really need to understand it. And in small towns, you can be annoying. You go stop in and talk to the local employers, right? Call them up. Tell me about your business. How's it going? talked to you know three large employers in the area and they're like man we are booming we are growing we're hiring people's things those are all good things you know if you talk to them and they're like yeah you know we're looking at diversifying you know we're looking you 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 get you hear those sounds and, and you know it because you're trying to predict the outcome in five years and in small towns a little thing can have big repercussions so you need to understand it better if an employer in a city of 16,000 people that hires 500 people goes out of business, that is devastating for that city. And they may never recover from it. So those are kind of my thoughts when you're dealing with fourth-tier markets. There is lots of opportunity, but at what cost? You just have to be ready. And two, I would suggest... You get started, you do it, get name stuff, and then leave. I, that's what I did. I left the markets. I, I'm, I, okay, we have our one facility in the small, small town. It's the only one that we have. So we use it as an example, and we, there, we don't plan on selling it. Um, and we, we just we stole the facility. It was just so cheap when we, when we got it. It cash flows incredibly, so we'll hold on to it for um, basically ever. But understanding that was the only one out of all our original facilities we even kept. Um, and I don't know that we will keep it. We may sell it in three years. Uh, it, it would be the first out of our portfolio to go. Yeah. Do you want to walk people through that, that deal specifically? Yeah, Maybe give them absolutely. some insight on yeah. kind of so, what that looked like, why you ended up moving forward with it. If it touched all those points that you, you guys were looking for, or if there's something missing and it was kind of something that you guys had to mitigate or plan for, um, I think it might be helpful for. Uh, some listeners to kind of walk through that and just get kind of an idea of, of why you guys ended up moving on that and ultimately like why you're keeping it and all that good jazz. Yeah, this is perfect. A perfect example um, to dive deep into. So let me take you way back. <laughs> way back in the day. Way back in the day before the era of COVID-19, great recessions. So w- there was a small town. We found out a facility was um, for selling it. At first glance, we were like, oh, okay, I, I've never heard of this town. So we, anyways, we go to the town. There were a, a few things we liked about it. It, it, it is a agricultural hub, but it is also where a lot of governments are, and they have a state penitentiary. They have some shipping, um, boxing, different things. They have some, There's some infrastructure yeah, there, there. There's infrastructure there. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a ton, but two... It's solid infrastructure. It's not infrastructure that can be replaced. 
the largest employer is the state government and it holds all of the it holds like the majority of the you know big prisoner or, or prisoners in that town and so it's and it in the contract just got renewed with the state when we were looking at it for like whatever it was 80 years or something right <laughs> you're like so yes it was exactly so once again check these things out this is what i'm talking about it did have an airport it has these annual events where the city over doubles because people come in from all over to go to these big events and yet it has a, has a good base so there's the private sector you have agriculture you have shipping it's a uh, it is a place where they they do a lot of disbursements from so and then they have the prison and different things like that so and of course a lot of employers that I'm not mentioning because they weren't that big but it it was relatively diversified but more importantly we already had a government guarantee that the main one was going to be locked in there for a hundred years or whatever and the city had to build infrastructure to handle the events like an airport things like that. So the infrastructure there is made for way more than 15,000 people or 16 or whatever it was, 17,000 people. And it had um, uh, been slightly growing. So that was all great. Um, but that obviously wasn't the reason that attracted us to the city. Okay, So it's not like I'm like, hey, yeah, this is a market I want to be in. Why it attracted us was the facility was for sale. And when we went to see the facility, it was a lady who owned the facility. It was a large facility. It was mom and pop run to the T. There was no website, nothing. And uh, we went in and then discussions with her. Once again, we're probably one of the only real buyers. Um, I think we bought it for $2 million. How did you find the deal? We found the deal from a broker in actually another state. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Huh. It wasn't on the market, but she'd gone to him and he said, hey, I know some guys that are just yeah. starting to get into this. Gotcha. And we had another one in a small town. And so he called us and said, so we went and we met with her. And the actual reason why, okay, so we bought it at a 12 cap and she financed it. So we told her. No joke. Yeah. We yeah. told her, we're like, okay, you know, it's a 12 cap with upside. And we're like, this is the middle of nowhere. It's like, you're going to, we're not going to, we're not going to take on huge amounts of risk and everything for it. And she agreed. She would like some cash flow. So she financed it. We put a, a small amount down, increased it. And it was, it, it turned out really, really well. Now, with that said, we looked at selling it a few years back. The timing wasn't quite right. Um, and we'll probably look again at selling it, but it's one of those ones where too, though, we know we're not, it's not like we're going to fetch great prices for it. So it's, you know, it's kind of back on the back. We've made all our money back and it's cash flow. We've made way more because then we turned around and we refinanced it, paid her off, took all the, uh, our, our, we'd already made our initial investment back in cash flow, and then took all this extra money and used it to go buy more facilities. Right. So yeah, it was great. Amazing. It worked out great for us. Everything, uh, everything like that. What was her, her reason for selling, by the way? Uh, she wanted to move to warmer clients. So she left and went to Arizona. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Nice. So moved okay. by family. Um, so personal reasons. And once again, this is, this was, this was before the great recession. This was in good times. And so, 
um, that that you can see the opportunities, but two to her side, you can also see the disadvantage. We dictated the deal. It was either you take this or we just go away because we don't need to buy it, and the deal has to overcompensate the risk that we have to be in on this. So that's a perfect example of why. And then two, the capital we took out of it, we went and put in larger markets. Right, exactly. You redeploy that. Yeah, in better markets, you moved up. Exactly. Um, And that's the key. If you're going into small towns, right, you want either the cash flow or you want there to be upside that you can refinance and, and deploy. But you, it is, the risk is not equal. We had very low debt on that facility, very low, because of the associated risks. We didn't ever want to encumber it. But because we bought it so good, we could achieve those things. Yeah, and it, that's a perfect illustration, once again, pros, downsides. Now, Love it, we man. understood Love it. if we sell it, it's not like we're going to be selling this thing for a six cap, probably. Yeah, it's probably well, not going to happen. And again, the only reason you would want to do something like that was it would to be move that it would be to move that capital to something else that's going to yeah. get you a better return and going to be a better investment, and that exactly. totally makes sense. But uh, no, yeah, that's a, that's a great run through of uh, definitely all the good pros, bad cons of uh, small towns. So you, it's it's a great place to start. Absolutely, it is. You uh, just, just got to be get careful. your feet wet and. Exactly. Look for those pitfalls, know what you need to be looking for. And again, just getting that experience, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that you guys knew going in, but uh, to your first facility even, and ended up learning throughout that experience of, of all these things that you didn't know, you know. Well, you're right. And, and I, it's funny because I, I say that a lot. I say, you know, um, our first facility was a gold mine. Now, we lost money. But we learned. It showed us what could be. And a lot of people, they don't take what they learn and use it which from the downside. So they screw up. And instead of taking those hits and using them to further them, they either like, oh, this sucks. or oh, I can't do it, that. It wasn't me. It was the market or whatnot. It was like, no, we were stupid. There was a reason we sold it, lost money. It was like we shouldn't have, you know, done it. But what we learned isn't discounted, right? So we learned all these amazing things exactly. and we see this amazing asset. So we could say, all right, I understand I, I, that we need to learn from these mistakes, but everything else we loved. And um, we kept going, obviously, right. and kept moving forward and just kind of systematically got better, bigger markets, built teams out. And grew from there. Yeah. Well, and if you guys hadn't learned those lessons, I mean, it wouldn't wouldn't have been a possibility, you know. Especially especially in those markets like Pendleton, where I'm sure you guys went in and very conservatively underwrote uh, underwrote that facility and just to help manage that additional risk that you were taking on in that small town, even with you know the the good figures and the good um, demographics and aspects of that town and the government contracts and everything that you mentioned. But like you said, I mean, you're at ninety percent occupancy. Things were great, and then one small little thing happens yeah. in that community. Little tiny storage facility opens. You dropped. It's, but as of right now, it's our lowest occupied facility, yeah. and you know I don't know that it will ever get you know. It's not a facility we're actively re- doing rate increase and stuff because it just. As at the, today, because that other facility was built, it took one facility, rate yeah. increases, everything stopped. 
And it takes a long time for a small market like that to absorb inventory. So you can be years out. Now, with that said, though, we did it right. We've made tons of money off it and everything. So it's 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 fine. And we'll, we'll, we'll grow the occupancy back up. But it is what it is. You just need to know. Plan for it. Plan for it. Yeah. It's don't don't go in there and put a, a lot of debt and think that you're going to charge all these high rates and because those markets don't, can't sustain those kind of usually high rates. So for sure, no, I love it, man. A ton of great great info for anybody looking to start out. And again, you in the beginning you mentioned the uh, the playbook that kind of walks through a lot of this stuff. Go check yeah. it out. It's on the website. Yeah, um, you, you should be able to go there, on there. Just download, download it. it. Walks you through step by step how to approach a facility, talk to a facility manager, owner, get some of these things under contract and get moving on some of these. Well, and two, I do need to say, so when people are like, so you advise me to start in a small town and I go, whoa, hold on. No, no, no. I didn't advise that to anybody. Yeah. What I'm saying is if you have very little capital and you're not going to go out and buy a 90,000 square foot facility in a great market and you still want to get started, that's probably where you need to go, right? Because that's where the opportunities will be. You just need to realize, you, you know, you, the, there's a certain risks associated with it, and you have it, and you, you just got to be careful. But that's was the, where the opportunity was for us when we started, so we took it, and that led to great things. Really did, man. And I hope that it can do the same for others. Absolutely. Awesome, dude. I don't have anything else to add. Nope, that was great. Um, I think that that's an uh, important topic to dive into on its own and talk about. Uh, but to reach out to anybody, let us know if uh, uh, any other questions. I've talked to a few people on this topic specifically. There's way more small towns in America than there are big ones. So a vast majority of the people that own storage are in small towns, particularly independent operators. The big cities have large funds, REITs, big guys. And for a lot of a lot of people starting out, those obviously aren't uh, opportunities. So, guys, if this was helpful, five star, good review. It means the world to us. Um, and two, also we we're doing the thing where if you give a, a good review and a five star, let us know. Take a picture, send us an email. Go to the site selfstorageincome.com, and we set up a call, a uh, fifteen minute call, and we we go over and just talk with people, hear what they're doing, everything. It's it's been awesome. We've loved it. So we're gonna keep doing it. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.